Hey y'all, it's Caitlin Breedlove. Welcome to the cold open for this episode of Fortification. We've had some of these shows sitting in our archives for a while and we're releasing them as a summer season. It is certainly not because we didn't love having these conversations, but rather because Fortification is not the full-time gig of, of anyone's. It is a love offering and so sometimes it just takes as long as it takes. Obviously, particularly in the time that we're in. So I hope that those of you who are possibly having a summer that's a little more isolated and a need for more reflection, um, a need for more spiritual nurturance, find this to be a nourishing conversation. It's a conversation I had with Gina Breedlove. Um, no relation, or as she would say, as far as we know, which is incredibly flattering to me, um, in December 2019. And um, my friend Gina does incredibly powerful work. If you if you don't know about her work, I invite you to Google her. Um, particularly, this conversation centers on how art and cultural work are central to healing and organizing, as well as somatics practices. But for those who don't know her work, Gina is a singer. She's also a sound healer. And though this conversation was recorded last December, it feels evergreen in in many ways um so i hope that you'll enjoy it and also just enjoy a recording of her voice she has an incredible voice in, in speaking and in singing for a transcript of this conversation or any of our episodes and for more resources visit auburnseminary.org front slash fortification in these spaces where we are endeavoring to bring ourselves to help love the world forward, of course, disappointment and grief and fear are gonna strike those chords of, well, what did I get and what did I not get? You know, that's part of being in the flesh, frankly. Um, and so another thing that I encounter often with folk in movement spaces when I'm doing my work is the head is not connected to the body. You know, it's there's quite a, um, a presence around um, all things intellect and, and beautifully cerebral and there's not an ability to bring it you know down to the root to the soles of your feet you know how does your skin feel um, in fact there's a um, an avoidance of that for fear for fear of feeling for fear of the power of sound Greetings, this is Caitlin Breedlove, and you're listening to Fortification, Spiritual Sustenance for Movement Leadership. You are listening to Season 4, Episode 5, where we have the privilege of speaking with Gina Breedlove. Gina is a singer, songwriter, sound healer, and medicine woman. She is the creator of folk soul, music that celebrates the lives we struggle to build and represents a kind, courageous kind of beauty, that essential antidote to what ails us. She has been an incredible source of healing for me in my own life, and her grace truly graces all of us who get to know her. We spoke at Auburn Seminary's Mountaintop Gathering this winter. Gina Breedlove, I'm so lucky we share a last name. I love it. I, I really love it. Whenever <laughs> I see you on my feed, I think about you in a particular way, and I'm I'm so glad that we get some time together in Oakland. Me too. We're here for Auburn's Gathering Mountaintop. You're coming off a lot of time on the road. I am. Yeah. I'm still on the road. Mm, still on the road. Yeah, home is, is Georgia now. Headed home soon. 
next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. Um, so I really wanted to take this opportunity to get to talk to you a little bit for this podcast while you're here mm-hmm. when I knew we'd be in person. Yeah. And I'd love to just start by telling our listeners a little bit about your work in the world and your work in this in this moment in the world. I am a medicine woman. I am a sound healer. I am a vocalist and a composer. I am also an actor. I use sound um, in all the ways, through music, through song, through toning. Um, um, I also lay hands on folk. I use sound to move grief out of folks' bodies. I teach people how to use the sound of their voices, the sound of their voice to move grief and rage, um, to evict these things that take root Um, In my spirit, I I can see inside of the solar plexus, inside of the womb, inside of the liver and the lungs, um, where grief and rage and um, and ancient legacies um, of uh, familial, you know, horrors uh, take root, take place and and walk with us like old friends when they're not, (laughs) you know. And I teach folk how to evict these things from the body and and place a sense of yourself there, your knowing, your voice, um, your own sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that um, when I first encountered your work, Mm -hmm. I was just learning about how many different communities, including movement communities and movement leaders and spiritual leaders and um, communities of artists you were working with. And so, you know, the work, my experience of your work is it's so profound, it's so intimate, Mm -hmm. um, and it's so powerful. And so I think about like with all of the different work that I've I've seen you doing or I know that you're doing in the world, I thought it would be really interesting for people to hear some of the reflections and some of the patterns that you're seeing mm. in this time of what's happening with our folks, what our folks are holding, how the energy's moving through. And so it's a wide open question. Well, I'll start with um, some of the young folk that I've been working with lately. I've been so graced um, to mentor, I, 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 don't, I don't call it mentoring, it's more like shepherding and guiding. Um, my, um, my daughter's 20 and her friends have been coming to me um, because they're so frightened um, and uh, in need of, re- of modeling and reflection and being seen and affirmation. I, uh, my daughter has a, a friend who's 20 who tried to kill herself just two weeks ago, this baby girl. You know, um, you know, I'm gonna be 55, and so they're all baby girls, you know, to me, um, and that is how they think of themselves as girls and women in Cree's crowd, and um, and just feeling so despondent and not understanding um, how she can do anything about all of the things that she's seeing. Um, also, I believe she uh, works walks through the world as. Um, in an empath, that's her language, and and I can see it. Like she she absorbs everything, and um, and you know the, everything um, through the social medias and through our news, and um, there's a constant barrage of a, this curated despair, and um, and also this um, 
this sense that someone on your Instagram feed is having a much better life than you are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and they're they're 20 and 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 don't really know, haven't really gotten out here good yet, you know, and don't understand um, a whole lot about the world, not even you know about themselves. They're trying things on and um, and figuring out who and how they want to be in the world, and so. Um, and so she did. She tried to kill herself, and her friends rallied, and um, and brought her to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, w- working with there are like four or five of her friends now that that talk to me regularly, and just um, guiding them toward their power, sourcing where that is, um, guiding them back to the sound of their own voices and what does bring them joy and then um, and, 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 and leaning into that and expanding that this particular young woman loves to write and so send me your exa- you know send me your work send me your samples send me your stories and and just having someone bear witness and receive and then reflect her brilliance has helped her so much in places where, I mean, she, her mother got her into talk therapy. She feels very defended in these spaces with a therapist. She doesn't feel safe. She doesn't feel seen. Um, and I'm somebody's mama. So I've been able to <laughs> use that as a point of entry. So I'm seeing despair and fear um, among younger folk, among some of the movement leaders that I've gotten to um, have one-on-one sound healing work with. I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing a lot of fear and a lot of grief and a, and and overwhelm. You know, this is too mm-hmm. big. This is too mm-hmm. much. I can't get my arms around it. My knowing, my spirit knowing, is let us take us our eyes off of the big picture. Oh, that's my gratitude, <laughs> my alarm. <laughs> Let's not look at the whole, the big picture. Let's just bring it in and make our world small for a moment and just focus on practices that we can be inside of to bring ourselves back into our bodies. I find the voice is perfect for that. You know, and because um, there, uh, there are practices that you can do um, while you're in your car or walking down the street or walking through the aisles of a grace- grocery store or any time you can hum to yourself, you can hum your name, you can find that mantra that brings you back um, to the present moment. This is the work that I do um, with these folks that are, you know, that are, f- are, f- are in front of the camera or in front of the crowd or... Um, or holding the space of leader inside of different organizations, you know, this sense of, I can't do this, I'm failing. And so, but the, but to look at the big picture is just too much. It's too much for the spirit. It's too much, and we're not supposed to hold it alone. It's too much for one person to hold. Um, and so those are some of the things, um, the practices, um, of meditation and of uh, a deeper care and centering yourself in your wellness work before you go outside and hold space for other folk I have seen is um, has been of deep service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also see people hitting the ground and allowing the grief to come out of the body and then gathering themselves and taking care of themselves and then stepping back out into, um, into movement spaces um, into community, into their lives. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's powerful on so many levels. I think the piece about 
you know, when I read the kind of information we have now mm. about how young folks are, yes. where there are suicide spikes, yes. I think to myself, how could anyone think that this is purely a political, social, or economic problem? Right. Like, that's a, our young people are giving us a sense of the spiritual problem, the depth of the spiritual problems. Yes, um, they're telling us something. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they they're are. telling us about where they're at in this, you know, particular part of the journey, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that there's something powerful about you and others playing a role that actually gives movement leaders some kind of permission, isn't the right word, but space mm-hmm. to say the things we did before we can't do now. And right. there's grief in that. Yes, They don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. If they worked then, you know, we think about that. Some of them did, some of them didn't. Right. Um, but I feel as a person who's only 38, but mm. has been organizing a long time now, like almost 20 years, one of the biggest contributions I'm making is actually saying, this is how I used to do it. Right. This is what. This is how I felt realizing I couldn't anymore. This is how I do it now. Or this is how I was doing this. Mm. I got a lot of feedback that wasn't working. Now I'm trying this. Like those kinds of frames feel like they're reaching and creating connections much more than the sort of fortified i got this you know the mythology right i got this this. my loyalty to our folks is just to keep doing what we've been doing but rather to say we don't know i don't know i i was saying like maybe two or three times in the past month Mm. someone has called me privately with some quote-unquote high-level problem and I've said I'm so flattered that you think that I have a solution for that (laughs) that's so out of scope for me to know how to quote fix what you're naming and um I think that there's there's some kind of hunger for the truth of that Mm -hmm. that people actually feel like oh well maybe we could imagine or grow into something different together yes um because you're willing, you're willing to say that, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, as well as the question of, you know, I would also ask. I think sometimes when people are discussing, sort of, quote, the state of movement leaders, they're immediately mm. going very cerebral, like where they are in their heads. Yes. And one thing I really appreciate about your work as well is really a sense of like what's happening in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if there's also places where you're like, oh, there's some interesting patterns around what's happening in the bodies of movement leaders and some ways that folks are transforming what's happening in in our bodies. Well, I also want to say that sometimes it is giving someone permission. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is. Um, You know, it really is particular to whomever is in front of me and what their... um, coping mechanisms are and how they were what they were weaned on you know um, inside of their homes and um, and how and where and when and when they enter right and sometimes it is yes you you have permission you know and then you can give yourself permission you know to lay out today to have an absolute day of wailing, you know, to move and pull this grief out of your body. Um, I am seeing um, consistently blockages in the solar plexus, you know, and that is um, around your stomach area. And it corresponds if you follow, you know, to borrow from uh, chakra science, it's all around your will, you know. Um, It's um, your will um, in my lineage, 
it would be um, your I am, you know, um, how, um, how you know yourself in the world and, how, and your follow through. And mm. I'm seeing a lot of trouble in the solar plexus, a lot of, um, you know, and it's showing up as um, digestive disorders. Um, oh, um, yeah, um, yeah, all kinds of issues around gastritis and um, inability to eat or eating to soothe you know, um, just general grief and pain in that area. Um, you know, uh, Caitlin, my work is so rooted in um, the power and agency and wisdom of the person's body. And so we start there. Uh, when I'm working with someone, I generally don't know their story. I might not even know what they do. Like sometimes folks, yeah, you know, yeah. I just know oh, I've seen your face, you know, um, because my work is, you know, folks find me word of mouth. And it's best that I don't know because the story, um, and, I, and I, you know, as Gina in the world, I'm very interested in where you come from and who your people are. Um, but when I'm inside of spirit and doing this work, that can cloud. Um, that can get in the way it can be distracting because the thing you think it is is generally not the thing um, and so if I'm not working with any preconceived notion of where you've been and um, what your troubles have been then I can just hear spirit and I can help you to hear spirit you know and so the work is about using the sound um, your sound and directing it to your own body and um, there are different tones for different organs in the body, and and the tone for my liver is going to be different for the tone for your liver, frankly, um, because it is now that part is about lineage and line and who you walk with, um, and so um, working with folk around toning into their solar plexus and putting themselves there, and and also doing these exercises where well let's see what's in there when you tone what shows up you know and it'll be that meeting you had last week where you felt stifled or afraid or pissed off or it'll be you know some of the folk who um, are running this country you know you know wherever your grief and rage you know or it'll be that thing that happened 20 years ago you know but doing this work of of bringing yourself into your own body and um, and discovering like what is actually what is what is jamming this energy here in my solar plexus and once you can locate it and name it you can reach in and evict it you can pull it out you can pull out the energy. And that is a practice and a process, and it doesn't involve moving grief through the body and creating a sense of spaciousness for what it is you really are calling in and how you wish to be in the world. Um, and so, but in constantly I'm seeing that, like a jammed feeling, a sickness, or a fear that gets stuck here in the solar plexus. Mm. Well, I think it's really, it's so powerful to me too when you, you talk about the relationship of that to will mm -hmm. and to this kind of like the question of like who we think we are, how we're and how we're actually able to show up. I mm -hmm. think one of the things that I'm seeing <clears throat> from my vantage point, also working with lots of different movement leaders, but in a very different way mm -hmm. than you, mm -hmm. is it's almost like a bewilderment and an anger turned on oneself because the overwhelm is so 
significant, yeah. right? And it can't really be band-aided or easily triaged. Like it's not a long weekend. Mm -hmm. It's not a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It's not like, <clears throat> you know, the battle to put down the phone, right? Like those things are real. They're helpful. Yeah. Um, but so many places that I go, I actually am seeing people try to create um, solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and yet we know there's something broken because they're moving around something broken. I think about a... Um, a comrade that we were working with last week, mm. queer woman of color, mm. who um, she cut her teeth organizing, um, you know, very, very neighborhood level poor folks in a major city in the US. And she said, you know, I've been in movement 20 years because I just believe in the liberation of our people so much. But I was manipulated by white patriarchs around what organizing was. Mm -hmm. Organizing as manipulation essentially was what she experienced. Right. And then just the difficulty of the work. You know, you take 20 numbers, you call everybody, you get two responses, just the daily grind. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't tend to feel a lot of emotion when I do certain pieces of this work, but she said this one thing and I felt all this emotion. She said, you know, but I just can't stay away. And so I do, I process receipts. I do admin for a movement mm -hmm. organization because I can't stay away from the collective struggle, mm -hmm. but I can no longer enter in the ways that I was told were the ways to enter. Yeah. And I was like, that I feel like is the core constituency of like a lot of who I work with mm -hmm. at this point right now. Mm -hmm. Like I used to do organizer development. I mostly do organizer retention now in coaching okay. because and I'm not trying to talk anybody into staying in. I'm trying to help them find ways to stay in. Right. But that level of, I think it's emotion. I think I find it emotional because I just honor that commitment, that yeah. like depth of loyalty to our communities and to yes. our folks. Yes. And yet the way that this work is getting done, which there's a relationship between the zombie apocalypse of Trumpism yeah. and this sort of way, this paradigm mm -hmm. has caused so many of our, of our folks to be like, I do this one thing that's yeah. fine, but I have other gifts I can no longer bring because if it's only, I can only enter this one way, I can only enter the work in this one way, then I can't anymore. And I'm like, wow, like what is that doing to our spirits? What is it doing to our bodies? How many of us relate to that, you know? It's really, it's profound to me, you know? Yes. And ah, there's a, and there's another frame, mm -hmm. right? Because the breaking down is also the opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's the opportunity. I, um, and I speak from experience, you know, my work. I mean, so as you, I know, you know, you're surrounded by healers and so much, so many folk who do healing work in the world find their way through their own um, journeys through their lives. And so I have a testimony about that, you know, about um, being exhausted and face to pavement, literally, and just, I can't do anymore, I can't do this. Um, and having that be, that cracking open being the moment of, um, for me, glory. You know, for, for me to get myself, really get myself, like to keep moving through it and to get to the other side of that. Uh, because it's been my experience in um, the 12 years that I've been doing this work. What happens, what has happened 
what can happen when you reach an impasse and feel like I can't do anymore and this is all that I can do. It's a much deeper root, it's a rooted thing. It comes from other places, not just the grief and rage and fear of the present moment, right? Like, that's enough, absolutely, the shit that's going down. Um, and when I start pulling at the through line and tracing it back with folk, we can trace it back to that moment when you were three and, you know, so on and so on, like this happened or that happened. And, and sometimes it's a horrific happening. Um, and sometimes it's standing in a memory of standing in the middle of the kitchen with your arms raised and nobody's lifting you up. Mm. Nobody's picking you up. You know, you're a mama too, so you know what that means. And then these are the things that when we get older, we're like, oh, that was such a small thing. I mean, one of the things we do constantly is measure our grief. We measure our grief against everything. Well, I'm not as bad off as, you know. <laughs> totally. um, I actually can do this and do that, and I have my eyes and my body and all the things, all the ways in which we completely donate ourselves. Um, and then the grief just gets stored. It gets stored. It gets stored. It gets caught in our throats. We're swallowing it and eating it constantly. And so I would submit that this woman who hit a wall because of all the, you know, all of the things that she shared and that she actually knows, her body probably has a deeper knowing, you know, and something else is being triggered and being set off here. And, and this is the opportunity to actually really gather yourself and get yourself. And, and there are ways, there are actually lots and lots of ways now I have seen and, and, and I'm so grateful like so uh, to see healing work being centered in so many movement spaces because mm. it's an absolute necessity. Um, you know, but, and I have seen that it's, that there are other, there are other things at play here. Mm. You know, there are other things that may have happened that's triggering, that's setting off this alarm, that reminds you of this time, and it completely um, immobilizes you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why is this thing, you know, and you think it's the present moment, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's lineage grief. It, you know, like, so there's so much um, grief and pain, absolutely, and so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's like danger and opportunity happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I stand firmly and, and, and rooted inside of the opportunity because I see it. Mm -hmm. I see it. I witness it, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and I'm in that practice in my own life every single day. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. So just even the reframe to create the possibility. I mean, I think that's the that's the piece. I also have been very happy to hear and mm -hmm. see a healing justice frame move in movement work and I think there's also that yeah. classic um you know the salt eaters question right are you ready are you really <laughs> yes. ready to be healed it's a thing yes. like yeah. are you really ready to be in a different well. space yes. right yeah, yeah it's a lot of work it's a and, lot of work you know I think about um I don't often reflect on this but of course it would come up when I'm talking to you mm -hmm. um you know, I had a, an experience in a direct action where I took a, an arrest very, fairly violently mm -hmm. um, in that the arresting officer was fairly aggressive. Yeah. And um, it healed my sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Something happened in that experience mm -hmm. that I completely let, it completely let go. And I think it had everything to do with being confronted with this figure who was very much... Uh, you know, a white officer, a lot bigger than me. Um, 
who, you know, he's, what he said to me was like, he whispered to me, like, if you don't get up right now, because we were doing civil disobedience, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to break your leg. That's what he said. Mm. And I remember having this distinct feeling of being like, you can't, I know you. I know, and not even you, I know that thing that's in you right. that's saying that, and it can't hurt me anymore. And it went away, and this was years ago, yeah. and it never came back, and it has never come back. Yeah. And I just say that because I think that like the, the spirit moves in such mysterious ways. You know, you have this really um, pitiful confines of what people think healing is, yes. right? Like, what's yeah. gonna heal you, right? right. And it's just such a privatized, <laughs> monetized individual set of experiences and my experience has been you know radical queer sex culture or Mm -hmm. this arrest or other things have like actually been these things that have been profoundly healing Mm -hmm. but inside of a sanitized politics of respectability you don't you don't get to talk about that right right um but i think what you're talking about is like well there's all these different ways we could actually get to that different place yeah. are we willing to be who we're going to be on the other side of that that's because the then yeah. it's like oh shit now i have to go do some stuff yeah. right or yeah. or i'm in that situation of the verb of mothering mm-hmm. no matter how we are doing that but right. obviously you and i are both people who yeah. have been on that journey in a very specific way with other humans yes i'm like oh yeah i'm the person doing the picking up Mm-hmm. Right. I'm the person who um, who is holding how present or not present I am or can be in any particular moment mm-hmm. for a human who, you know, you really come to see how real it is that like they would rather be loved than than eat. Yes. They would rather be loved than have water. Yes. They would rather be loved than have any, any fucking thing. Yes, absolutely. And you're mm-hmm. one or one of two or one of three or whatever. The main people that they're like, I need this thing more than I need to breathe. And you're the one that I'm looking to for it. Yeah. And what do you do when you hold that? You know, What kind of relationship do you want to have to your own? What relationship are you still willing to have mm-hmm. to your own brokenness and your own struggle? Right. Is I think the part that like my sister has two little boys and she always talks about that. Like everybody talks about how hard it is but it's so rarely talked about how spiritually grounding it can be how much it can pull you off of all this bullshit and be like oh actually i do have it like that yeah like i do have this whole capacity that i didn't actually know i had Mm -hmm. and that to me it's not about having some super traditional or patriarchal understanding of like what mothering is Mm -hmm. but rather that we're Mm -hmm. like oh, I have all this juice. Yeah. I have all this juice I didn't even know I had for other humans, right? right. Um, I have this for you. And so when I think about um, listening to other people I respect who have been doing the work of mothering, and I think about your story about your daughter's friends too, it's like mm-hmm. what actually happens when we're not worried that we don't have enough to go around? You know, right. only my child, only this one, yeah. there's not enough. Yeah. Um, that also then people are like, oh, maybe I have more. Right? Yeah. Or maybe I have something else. Yeah. Um, and I've seen you bring that energy again and again where people are like, there can't be any abundance here. You yes. Know? Yes. We better lock it all down, you know? Well, that's part of the curation of these times, isn't it? And this whole idea that, oh, that's too much or this is too much. And I've had circles where women um, in the circle, because a lot of my circles are for women, and a lot of them are for, um, and even more of them are for women of color. Like I do a lot of work with women of color. 
And um, and I've had folk walk away like, oh, um, afraid. Like, oh, that was so much, so much grief moved. So much, it's so much, it's too much to hold. And, and I say, well, don't hold it. It's not for you to hold. Let it go, let it, you know, let it, let it go. Let it spill out over and, and into the earth and let's see who you are then. You know, and and um, and let's and I'm not scared. I'm not. I got you. You know, and so, um, but that is part of you know what we're weaned on, what we're fed. It's too much, and keep yours, and only yours, and you don't have enough, and there's not enough to go around, and all of the lies, um, uh, and shame. Shame is a big one. Shame is, shame is a lie and a thief. You know, um, but you know this thing about mothering and how our children look to us. And how now my daughter's friends are looking to me because I'm doing mothering here. We will be devoted to the folk that are caring for us, whether they love us forward or not. You know, it's it's part of our wiring, and then later on it can be part of the conflict. You know, and in these spaces where we are endeavoring to bring ourselves to help love the world forward. Of course, disappointment and grief and fear are going to strike those chords of, well, what did I get and what did I not get? You know, that's part of being in the flesh, frankly. Um, and so another thing that I encounter often with folk in movement spaces when I'm doing my work is the head is not connected to the body. You know, it's there's quite a, um, a presence around um, all things intellect and, and beautifully cerebral. And there's not an ability to bring it, you know, down to the root, to the soles of your feet. You know, how does your skin feel? Um, in fact, there's a, um, an avoidance of that for fear, for fear of feeling, for fear of the power of sound. Um, and so, you know, bringing it back home again, too, um, I submit that there is um, some beautiful opportunity around healing work that can be done when we are in these places where we feel bereft and exhausted and that we can't do one more thing. You know, mm. uh, my experience has been that that is really deeply and wholly connected to where, you, where you've been, where you come from, um, the lineage and line that you descend from. What has your story been in this country? What has your story been migrating to this country? Like, what is the story? What is the link? Um, not that this is not exhausting. It is indeed. Um, but, you know, how do we keep going? How do we keep moving through? How do we keep finding joy? How do we keep finding, you know, sourcing love? You know, how do we care for ourselves? That's an inside job. You know? Yeah, I'm completely inspired by you. And that is not going to get me out of bed tomorrow. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then, then that opens up worthiness and practices. And it's such a, an amazing opportunity. And it's one I think that we will be in, I know I will be, I have been in practice with most of my life um, around staying in my body and f feeling whole. And I, I think it's, it's, it's that old adage, it's the journey, it's not the destination, because it will keep changing. And then what is it that we need for these times? What is the medicine for these times? You know, that as well is, is um, something we get to discover when we're inside of our, our daily practice, our work, our healing work. 
it's so beautiful to see you. You too. Thank you so much for this conversation. <laughs> it's great. It's, it was starting to get dark. Yes. And then your gratitude went <laughs> off. And I was like, I'm feeling really awake. Yes. And in a lot of appreciation. Oh, and I yeah. feel you. Thank you Thank for you. asking and for doing what you do. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening. That was a beautiful episode. It was great for me to get a chance to re-listen to it. Um, please check out the other episodes that are in our sort of older pre-archival pack here of season four. There's some great, some great folks um, coming up and more. So if you want to, please enjoy the rest of the season. For transcripts and more resources for fortification, as usual, visit auburnseminary.org front slash fortification and fortification is a co-production of Auburn Seminary and Side with Love, which is a campaign of the Unitarian Universalist Association. And it literally happens because of Nora Resman with additional support from moi and David Beasley, Dan Greenman, and Nora are audio engineers for this work. David Beasley is our editor.